Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Sunranto Show was recorded live and streamed on Danny Rocket's YouTube page. If you'd like... To listen early and ad-free to the Sunranto show, well, you should subscribe. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It keeps the show in tickets and beer. Now get over there. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Support us today. Now you're going to have to listen to some ads. Here's the show. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Mucho Scali. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Damn it! You gotta get us in. You got my thing, and I'm all like, I'm I'm gonna fuck it up anyway. I don't need your head. We can't start the show without you. Ah, That's a good one. Sounded good, and I'm digging the Axl Rose look. That is that is hot. You know, if, well, we were saying uh, the, the the women uh, followers asked for the Rafael Nadal look back. <laughs> well, you know, we just we needed a little eye candy on the show, so we got Cotton on there. He's he's Cotton Candy, if you will. Oh shit! There we go. There's a new drop. And and celebrate the candy man can the Cotton Candy man can <laughs> the Cotton. But you got to do it like Axl Rose and dance like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cotton candy man can. Cotton candy man can. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Um, we got a lot to get through today. And also uh, the show celebrating his, what is it, your anniversary? What number? 18. 18. Creepy Even though he's creepy, he got a woman to marry him once. <laughs> have some kids with him. Yeah. Welcome, Crawley. And every year when he renews it, he gives her that opportunity. He's like, I know I'm creepy. This is this is your this is your outer. We're re-upping for another year. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, I gotta say honestly on it, I've been really, really fortunate. Uh, you know, just to have an ultimately patient wife that you know, like I can just say, hey, I'm going to be at Cubs convention. I'll see you in three or four days, and I I'll be useless the following two. Or well, I'm no. Not- Knowing you, Crawley, I could see why she wants to get rid of you for a few days. <laughs> Thank God, Cubs convention's coming. I, I can finally get some peace and quiet around here. 
This is a picture of us real quick here from, uh, this is NLCS game six. This is the Bartman game. Uh, I hate calling it that, but that's what it's known as. And that was us right beforehand. I was sure they were going to win. And this was us last year in the bleachers uh, at the Club 400 bleacher event. So we've had a lot of fun and she puts up with so much of my crap. It's like. That's the first time I've ever seen a picture of your wife there, Carly. I kind of thought maybe you were just making her up. I mean, I know you got kids. Like I've seen them, but that's the first time I've seen your wife. You didn't see her in Colorado? No. She was sitting in the seats and you and I were over uh, just drinking beers and hanging out with people over in the, the walkway behind left field. Yeah, yeah, no, she exists, and she's. Uh, Dan- <laughs> I didn't make her no, up. No, 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 she exists. She, uh, she's been to the. Trap I didn't door. hire somebody for those pictures. She, uh, she's been to the Trapdoor Theater with Danny. She's been out to Club Four Hundred a couple times, so she's she's definitely not as big a baseball or Cub fan. So I mean, I'm, you know, it, it works out. Yeah. yeah, she's super cool. I've talked to her a bunch of times. She's an awesome person, Shannon. If you're watching, and I know you're not. <laughs> Happy anniversary to the two of you. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody that's been making John Baker Day really fun to produce and put on and all the people involved in that. The You two guys, is, of course, uh, that are on the show with me, uh, but also like John and Bob Kendrick was so damned interesting and Corey Finneran and, you know, Brad from the Bleachers who helped with Facebook. And I, I, there's so many people that thank Beth Round and it's been awesome. I can't even tell you how thrilled I am with how many people have participated and, and tried to make this campaign get going because it's an ongoing thing that we're going to be doing for a while. Um, we had a great conversation with uh, the ladies from Cup of Cubby Blue last night. And uh, I, I felt like that went really well. I feel like Levante and and John and Bob had a great conversation. Like, that's what it's all about. We're trying to have these conversations. I hope it sparks something so that other people have conversations too. You know? Yeah. And we're selling these. So go to Obvious Shirts. We're selling these anti-racist shirts. And these were John's design uh, and with the uh, Kurtz logo on the, the sleeve there. And we also have face masks uh, that are also for sale at Obvious Shirts in the John Baker Day collection. All the money that is raised from selling those goes to the Lost Boys and Levante helping keep their program going. Um, the other thing I want to say is because I only I haven't had very many people do it yet. There's like three or four have ordered, but I haven't really been pushing it. The Songathon, the Danny Rocket Songathon is happening. Go to sunranto.com slash John Baker Day. And uh, for $25, I will make you any parody song you want for $25. That's usually like a verse and a chorus, and we'll put it out on Twitter. Twitter, It's got to be under two minutes at least to do that. And then little snippets, and we'll have a great time writing a parody song together. Uh, your suggestion, or if you're just like, hey, why don't you write a song about Pedro Strope's hat now being turned to the right because he's got to wear a red hat and he's a Trump fan. Or whatever your whatever weird idea you have, I will make happen. So, uh, yeah, go to John Baker Day or sunranto.com slash John Baker Day. Well, and that's going 100% to the Lost Boys, correct? 100%. Every dime. So, like, every five songs I write, that's another 100 bucks. Well, so, and – well, I want to put this out there. Uh, I've talked to some family members and done some stuff on my end. Uh, my family will match up to $500. Oh, wow. So anybody out there, you drop the 25 for Danny's. Uh, so it has to be the stuff that we're doing that's going 100% to 
Lost Boys. Hit me up on Twitter in the DMs with a uh, receipt that you've purchased the song or a receipt that you've uh, donated directly to the Lost Boys. And when we hit that $500 mark, I've got another $500 to throw in on top of it. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's the other thing you could do, uh, which is go to Lost Boys with a Z, Inc., dot org and uh that's another way i mean that's just the most direct way you could possibly do it but we got some fundraisers going on twitter uh, or on facebook we you know we're, we're trying a bunch of ways we're gonna be doing this all month as long as we're having these conversations and we'll continue them on in the future but uh please just do that we're really trying to you know we usually make uh, do like five grand pretty much per year it's five to six grand. I'd love to match that again this year, especially in this pandemic year where it's all weird. It'd be great to help out, help them out. But I, I hope there's a long relationship in the future. You know, sports keep coming back, and that's great. Well, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball is in full swing, and there is no shortage of ways to get in on the action. Because BetOnline has all the odds, features, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expensive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. And weirdly enough, so on Saturday, my sister was in town. My mom and I have been talking about going and visiting Ernie Banks' grave. She likes going to cemeteries. And, uh, I mean... Really, they are some of the most, I guess, uh, historic places that we have because the people that are in there are historic. <laughs> they are their history. So uh, uh, John Baker, who is living very close to the ballpark, uh, likes to go into that cemetery as well with his family. His daughters like to climb the trees. And so guess who I bump into uh, over by Ernie Banks's grave? On Saturday, when I'm visiting with my family, John was there visiting with his uh, family on Saturday. There's So I got this picture I'm showing to all the podcast listeners, me, my mom, my sister, John, his daughters and his and his wife, Megan. And, and so it was it was great. We had an awesome uh, conversation about the Cubs and how seriously they're taking it. And like, I tell you, man, the you see what's happening with the Cardinals. You and see the Marlins, the Marlins. And, oh. you know, it. and he was talking to me about, now let me tell you just one story that illustrates this. John said, Theo's taking it so seriously the, and that he knows Cubs are in Cincinnati. They got a bunch of ball games. They want to unwind after the game. They can't get to bed right away. They don't, they're young guys. They don't want to sit there watching cable TV. Drink it by themselves. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're Disney Plus subscription well, there's guy. There's one guy like okay, maybe maybe one. Yeah, Chris Bright. But um, he uh, but so Theo's like, listen, we've we've rented out the rooftop bar for the nights. Usually not open, but we rented it out for you guys. You guys can go up there, hang out, unwind, stay with each other, don't talk to anybody else. So like the Cubs are taking it seriously to to the idea that they know a that John Baker's got to be in that dugout with them to keep everybody sane in this crazy moment, and and b to like no to have their day planned all the way through. And it's really great to see because you see the other teams screwing it up. 
I'm in Wisconsin right now, and there's all sorts of stories going around about them golfing, being at Potawatomi Bingo, which or Potawatomi Casino, which is not far from Miller Park. And you know, I, I've read a couple interesting articles, and the Cubs are very well aware that this is, they've got two more bites at the apple here with this core group. Uh, you know, after 2021, Rizzo's contract's up, Brian's contract's up, Baez's contract's up. Uh, Lester looks like, you know, he, if he meets a certain mark, he'd be back, but he has an option to be back next year. But but after 2021, this team is is, is those names that I just rattled off, the majority of them are not going to be on this team anymore. They realize they got two shots at it, and I think they're taking this – very seriously. They want to try to finish this season. As, as David Ross said, if there's a trophy, I want it. And these players think the same thing. You know, Everybody's going to say, oh, it's, it's not a real world series. But you know what? Everybody's playing under the same conditions. And if St. Louis is going to be stupid and, and, and spread diseases among each other and make it harder for them, that's on them. And, the, and whoever wins this World Series shouldn't be punished because whoever wins this World Series, we've talked about this, a big part of that is staying healthy, making sure you're following the protocols that have been put in place by MLB and even going further beyond the protocols. Yeah. <laughs> it's just – it's honestly like the – it's like the last uh, – it's like the last team standing. This is like – a strange reality show type of year. You know, it's what it feels like. I, I enjoyed this. I'm going to start with the TFC. I'm putting up Brandon Viersay. I saw the other day tweeted out COVID-19 will be in first place in the NL Central by September. But the thing is, I think the Cubs will be able to, to maintain what they've been doing. I mean, it's not totally up to them. It only takes one person to screw up. You know, we've had Chris Bryant out for a couple games following these uh, new protocols, which is he had a stomach ache, and that is actually a really common symptom for people of his age group mm-hmm. that because that, they, you know, they're not going to feel, uh, it, you know, the all of a sudden, you know, have a terrible cough and, you know, not be able to w- stroke it out or something like that. It's just, you know, a stomach ache. Um, so, you know, he's been out. Part of me wonders if it's some of that stuff is an overreaction. That well, no, 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 not at all. I don't, I don't think you can overreact right now. That's, that's ridiculous. Like, uh, go out, wear, wear three fucking masks if you want. It's not an overreaction. Just do whatever you, whatever makes you safe and the most comfortable, you know, and what the Cubs are doing right now, if they're doing twice what everybody else is doing and the guys are, somewhat annoyed by it or other teams think it's stupid fuck them you know they they can be last place cubs can be first and like i said in the show yesterday might be an inter-squad game for the world series just (laughs) you know away away team cubs versus home team cubs and not only that though is that as a union these are this is a player's union okay be honest because you may be risking somebody else's health on it. And so as, as every one of the Cubs have, has an app where they have to answer questions and be honest. If you're, if you're got some sort of symptom and I'm sure the app covers, like you said, stomach ache or indigestion type issues or stuff like that. Just be honest. Don't, don't try to be the tough guy and be like, Oh yeah, I got a little stomach thing, but it's no big deal. Be honest. Follow the protocols because you don't know who else you can affect. And that, that goes on the larger societal issue is to, is, is that if everybody, you know, and, and unfortunately not everybody has the luxury that these players do. If, if you have to make rent, 
you're going to go in sick. And that's been a problem for years, not just that's been before COVID with healthcare workers that are making minimum wage. They have to go into work because they got to pay the bills and now they're sick and they're coughing all over your food and stuff. Well, yeah, and, people, people that work at Target, people that work at Jewel right down the street, you know, they've got no choice but to go in there because it's not like they have this massive amount of savings that they'd be like, oh, I could just take a year off. You know, um, it, they don't have it. Right. So these yeah. guys, these guys do, and they're going into work, and they're and you know another thing that Baker told me, they have wearables now that I guess like some of the NBA dudes are wearing trackable wearables, which they're constantly taking your vital signs, so they know like the moment you're starting to spike a, even a little bit of a temperature, or that you know maybe your blood pressure's up, or that you know you're getting less oxygen in your in your system. You know they're figuring that stuff out. Baseball's not doing that. And yeah, obviously they're not if like they wouldn't they'd be tracking dudes straight to the strip club. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, uh, I don't know that that wearable thing would work for me because mm, maybe if I wear it on my left hand because the right hand's getting way too much friction. Well, that shit would heat up, and I'd have the COVID police at my door. I'm going to jump in with a TFC one early a little bit here, but it, it's about what we're talking about here. Where uh, Jeremy Cohen at the Cohen writes Adam Silver. Commissioner of Basketball. We have zero coronavirus cases in the bubble. Gary Bettman, Commissioner of Hockey. We have zero coronavirus cases in the bubble. Rob Manford. What if we killed the Marlins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the opposite of expansion. He's like, he's like, you know, this whole Marlins franchise thing hasn't really worked out. Derek Jeter's a putt. It's like, we, I, I'm sick of this crap. Let's just kill his team and we'll, <laughs> and we'll go back to Montreal where uh, at least you can have Major League Baseball games between the Expos and the, the Blue Jays. But well, that's okay. what they'd like to do, but Canada's not letting that happen. Well, they will as long as they don't play anybody else. But you know what? Where, the, where the fuck are the Blue Jays playing? I haven't been – I totally spaced that oh. out that they are just like nomads running around. I don't know. Where, wherever they're playing, Joe West is getting freaking nailed in the face. <laughs> Unless this was – because I think this was – during a nationals i'm showing a picture right now to our podcast people and uh some of you may have seen uh that joe west got smashed in the ear the other day during a game between the nationals and the blue jays and that i assume was at whatever new site it is which i believe is in buffalo can this can this be a new thing like everybody's throwing at the astros can we just throw at joe west because he's being a dick <laughs> like he's, you know, complaining about mass and acting like none of this shit is real. And then he's going to go stand fucking three inches behind a catcher. Like just, you know, the catcher's got his glove up. It just fucking slides above a little bit. Hit Joe West right in the face. And people always forget in that Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game, the first pitch he threw hit the umpire <laughs> right. Fastball hit him right in the mask. So, you know, there's precedence. Yeah, uh, just be like, yeah, mask saved lives, motherfucker. Smack him right in the face. <laughs> just saved yours. Our friend, uh, my friend Jerry Dye Johnson says, kill the Cardinals tool while we're at it. Let them, oh. let them all get COVID. We can contract the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's, you know, we're going to get to it because we're supposed to go to St. Louis on Friday. And you're kind of like, oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what's going to happen? So a bit of Cubs news here. There were a couple of roster moves. Cubs kind of finally gave up on, I mean, maybe we see him back. Dylan Maples. He's gone for now. And uh, who do they just call up to? Uh, Colin Rhea. Yeah, Colin Rhea. And then there's somebody else they called up as well. Uh, they just got Cody Allen. Um, they Cody signed Allen. him. 
They signed him, and then there was somebody else that is actually normally on the team. Not normally on the team. He's he's one of the young guys. So you're uh, talking about from uh, South Bend. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who'd they bring up? And they, they were like, oh, reinforcements, here he comes. And then, oh, Justin Steele. Yeah, Justin Steele came. He, you know, he's kind of a – I mean, he could give you a couple innings, so that's good. It seems like there's a – Quintana's still not back. So it's just like as long as you've got that 60-man to kind of play with, uh, and it's going to go down from 30 to 28, I believe, soon. Yeah, and there was the corresponding move with Scott Norwood was sent down. He had some sort of injury. Yeah, did we even see Norwood? I mean, I don't even remember seeing him, but yeah, yeah he, he was there. not good. <laughs> he was in the he was in the bad wood uh game. Underwood, Norwood, Chatwood, like every every fucking wood just was bad. I don't know, Chatwood hasn't been bad this year. No, Chatwood is not. No. No. I, no, uh, you're right. It was it was Norwood, Underwood. The point of having when when with this roster and when it when it gets down is, is now is the time to see what you got. These we talked about it before the season started, you know is that you have to take a look. And honestly, I don't understand why they just don't leave it at a 30-man roster with all the, with, with all the corona shit. Like, what's the point? Just just leave it at a 30-man at this point. Oh, they I, think, I think they will. No, because they don't want to pay. You know, I mean, they gave, they gave the owners the expanded playoffs, and the, the, the teams that make the playoffs will make a little bit more money, uh, you know, the players individually, but the owners are really the ones that stand to benefit from that, from all that extra TV revenue from extra players, playoffs. But, like, the owners didn't really give anything back for that, and they should give back a 30-man roster spot because I don't know if you're getting paid, you know, your MLB time, if you're somebody like Justin Steele, for example, um, you know, you want to be up making that big-time – Five hundred thousand dollar money because I don't think you're making that down at South Bend. Isn't that treated like a minor league, like not service time situation? I haven't really looked into that. I'm I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's it's in the. It would be the same as like a triple A team sort sort of situation. You would. I mean, there's no way the owners are giving those those guys like anything more for sure. Well, I mean, let, can we talk about like this bullpen in general? Because we just kind of just said everybody that's in it. It's a revolving door of of shittiness. There's really been nobody that's been 100% effective. Kyle Ryan was good, then he's bad. You know, uh, Kimball. Well, there's there's been one guy. Shit. The bullpen has one guy. Oh yeah, Je- yeah, Jeff- 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 Jeremy Jeffers has yeah, has that, this- saved two baseball games. I mean, literally one, but definitely another one from just being out there and, and getting out a real huge jam, stranding runners, you know, it's just been huge. Um, but yeah, Maples, I mean, it's just all dog shit. And then like Rhea, you know, he's going to come up. I guess he'd give you a, a, some long relief innings, but whereas the bullpen's been crap, the starters have been incredible, I, except for maybe uh, one or two starts here and there. You had a bum one and so did uh, Hendricks. And those are your two losses. Um, you know, I was looking up, I'll skip forward because we were gonna, uh, I was gonna, for the Royals preview, uh, I was looking at the, um, ERAs here, man, you know, the, the, the Cubs starters ERA 221. Can you give me Harbor a guess what our bullpen ERA is right now? (laughs) I'm going to say 10.01. All right. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go nine, five. 
All right, you're both a little high. You're, so you got <laughs> such pessimists. I can't believe you. <laughs> you know what? Yesterday, I'm sure helped the bullpen because that was what? That was five innings shutout ball. Oh, I thought you meant because they sent some of those assholes down. Eight oh seven is what we got on the bull penis. Uh, the bull penis terrible, and it's like so. You look at that. You look at it, KB not being in there, and when he is in there, he stinks because he's the leadoff hitter, and that's just our thing as the Cubs to have shitty leadoff hitters. Um, so you know, I don't know what we're looking at here. It's it seems like okay, you're winning. What are we seven and two? Six and two? Seven, seven and two. two. Seven and two. Seven, right? They, yeah. Yeah. And they, they lead the national league in uh percentage. Yep. So here's just a little fun fact for you right here, as far as the start is concerned, right here. Cubs are six and two in their first eight games. Okay. And so now they're seven and two. Uh, but this is their best start since going seven and one to begin 2016, eight, eight and one through nine games. So they got over now because they won yesterday at 750 winning percentage. So they're top in the NLs and, uh, you know, they're tied for second with Minnesota. Only the Yankees have a better record with their one loss. Yeah. And not only that, it, it, in a shortened season, that start wow. makes Can you imagine a Cubs Yankees World Series? Oh. oh, yeah. That would be fun. It would all be fun. If the Cubs are in the World Series, it's just going to be fun. Regardless. I don't give a shit. Yep. I think I'm breaking. We'll all be alone. You know. Yeah, we're all. You guys. Freezing. What's going on, Danny? So uh, what we're saying is if you if the Cubs win a World Series, we're not going to look down at it as something negative. These guys are playing hard. And, and right now, you know, as we were talking about to take a look at, if you would have said, you know, we, you know, who expected two great starts from Tyler Chatwood, Alec Mills has looked good, you know, as, as bad as things have looked, you know, this could, this team could be a lot better. And if the bullpen starts to come together, you got Justin Steele coming in and, and he's an interesting player, you know, I don't know if Cody Allen's got anything left, but maybe they can do some sort of reclamation. But if you could just get this bullpen down, you know Chris Bryant is not going to be this bad all the time, you know. And I think that there's a good chance that the Cubs can hopefully start to really make some noise. Well, and the bullpen has been pretty bad, but we're also, and again, in this season, it doesn't seem proper to say it, but it's a, it's a small sample size. A lot of these guys were either pretty new or unproven and we're also dealing with the rookie manager you know david ross has got to get the feel for who goes where and when and yesterday it felt like that came through a little bit more than it has in the past so you know obviously i do think that everybody needs to be you know a bit concerned and worried about the bull penis but with what we saw yesterday and David Ross getting more of a feel for his team, if that starts to settle down a little bit, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, this is not an anomaly if the bullpen settles down. It doesn't have to be a lights out bullpen, but say we go from 805 or whatever we got to, you know, 450. That's a fucking great, you know, we're going to start or we're going to continue. I'm not going to say we're going to start winning. We're going to continue winning games and we're going to be less stressed at the end of them. We're not going to have Capman 
flipping the fuck out after they won. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, I kind of I'm sitting here and saying to myself, now you got, you know, you did what you were supposed to do in this every season. But this season in particular, you have to beat the bad teams. And that's what they did in Pittsburgh. They beat a bad Pittsburgh team. And that's what you got to do. And now you got four against KC. You win three against KC. That then you're now we're talking something interesting here. Well, and they went four and two against Two teams good. that we're expecting to be good. Like a Dang lot of people, that Reds team, that is a, a popular pick in this shortened season. And the Brewers, we now know that they are always going to be there. There's nothing you can do about that. So those are good teams. Yeah, Cubs kind of lucked out in that Red series by Mustakis not being in there, by Senzel not being in there. You know, those are two pretty good players that they were probably counting on, and then they're scrambling with the Rona situation. You know, and you know the Cubs, they they actually got outscored by the Reds, uh, t- twenty four to twenty three, um, and you know a lot of it didn't have to be. So uh, interesting. But, Michael, should we do a little rakes, flakes, throws, and blows uh, before we get into this Red Series and the uh, and, sure. and the Quint uh, Series with the Pirates? All right. Yeah, we can do that. So picked up this rake at Home Depot. So picked up this rake at Home Depot. Let's pick up a rake at Home Depot. All right. Well, uh, Ian Happ has jumped into the top spot this week with a 1054 OPS. He's tied for the lead on the team with three dongs. But just as important to me are his four walks. To put this in perspective, in his 58 games and 156 plate appearances last year, Hap had 15 total walks. So we're, we're talking nine games and like 30 at-bats right now, and he's got four. That's good news. So uh, if Happer's learning to take walks effectively – you got a runner on, but more importantly, they're going to have to start grooving him some fastballs, and he crushes us. And not only that, Michael, you're not the only one that noticed it because David Ross is putting him in at center field pretty much every day. Yeah. I do. And really, when you look at having Almora as basically a defensive replacement right now, it's kind of sad because he's not that good as a center fielder. I mean, it was he was like a glove first guy, and then he kind of was a batting average guy. Like, I will, I will say, I feel like Almora is a better center fielder than Hap. Yeah, but all around player, you have to go with Hap. Yeah, I, and there David, are defensive center fielder re- replacement guys out there with. Have, with have maybe plus speed. Well, maybe not on this team, though. No, not right. on this team. That's what I'm like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why, where's Ian Miller? You know what I mean? Like, when it comes down to it, the thing you see about Hap or about Almora is he is the most natural in the position as far as taking the proper routes, being at the proper spots. And that's why you see Almora coming in late into games and moving Hap to left field. Uh, that, that's, that's what you're seeing. Yeah. And I like it. And I like Hap getting the starts. I mean, he's a switch hitter. So no matter what they do, even if you have a bullpen game like they'd had against the Pirates the other day when they threw Brault and then Cool and they're like, you know, flipping everybody around, at least you have somebody in there that could do it. You know, I, I love switch hitters, especially people that are great at and, and Hap's pretty damn good. Like he could end up being a, like a Ben Zobris type, playing a lot of different positions and running around, uh, doing a little infield, a little outfield, first base, you know. 
Right. I, I like the future of Ian Happ in, in this team. I think he'd be he's somebody you could can plug like kind of right in the middle of a lot of stuff. Um so uh well how about flakes? Well, unfortunately, it's the same flake as last week because we just don't have enough games to be changing a lot of these things. But uh, KB had to pull himself out of those games because of the COVID symptoms, stomach ache, whatever he had. Uh, But hopefully it gives him a chance to get a new start on this season, which has not been going well. 29 plate appearances to start the year. He is three hits total, no dongs, and only three walks, but 10 strikeouts. I mean, I really hope he is feeling better, and more importantly, I I hope that this isn't a mental issue dealing with the stress of playing in a COVID era. You know, I don't know if that, you know, I know he has an elbow thing that they were looking at, um, so I don't know how that's affecting him. Also keep in mind that, you know, his agent is doing what his agent was supposed to do, which was talking up Chris Bryant. You know, Scott Boris was talking after the Mookie Betts contract and kind of putting Chris in that category of top-tier players. And as we all know as Cub fans, you know, Bryant 15, 16, even 17, phenomenal. 18 injuries, 19 injuries, and now we're here in 2020. He's got an elbow injury. I'm not going to go at him with the stomach stuff. But, you know, you have to wonder if that pressure to perform at the highest level is really kind of starting to get to him because that's what Chris is looking at now. It's been like this. You know what I mean? It's always something with this guy. And I like Chris Bryant. He is a very talented baseball player. They tell they everybody that talks about him says that he is intensely competitive against himself. And, you know, and he's had some injury issues. He wants to do his best. He beats himself up too much. I mean, I kind of wish he would just like chill out, dude. Like you could tell he's being high strung about it. And if something's, he's like one of those dudes that if something's not right, he can't do anything. Well, and and now he has the child at home, which, Correct. I mean, Carl, you've got kids. I've got kids. I know when, especially the first one for the first few months, man, you're walking on eggshells. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're freaking out a little bit. And now Chris Bryant has to go out and work in, uh, you know, what could not be a real great place. So maybe he's not spending as much time. He want. There's a lot of things going on in that young man's mind that could possibly be much more detrimental to him than anything physical right now. I th- I thought he was going to opt out. I really d- did think that he was going to go and I wouldn't have blamed him. He still with, might. I, I think he might. Like you saw what happened with Yoena Cespedes yesterday. He just didn't show up. I mean, <laughs> he was dead. I was like, Oh God, dude, just call him. Be like, yo, I'm out. That's all you got to do. All right. You got to do call in. Although I have quit jobs like that too, I just stopped going. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I, I worked at. Uh, I, I worked, left on a break once. Oh, I did that. Too. <laughs> I did that too. Yep, lunch break. Never came back. I know. I went out on a smoke break. I was selling uh, sludge remover <laughs> as a telemarketer. I was up in this high rise building in New York City. Paying, oh, like, mine was telemarketing too. Yeah, I didn't and, make it through training. Oh, I was awful. I didn't even know what I was talking about. I'd never driven a truck or been in a garage before. I was like, this sludge remover gets the viscosity out of the – I'm like, I don't know what even <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I went downstairs and smoking a cigarette. I was like, you know what? This just is not working out. 
And uh, they sent me a check. They have my yeah. address. Yeah. I was like, I got, oh. a, I got a check for three hours of work. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice. I wouldn't have sent it if I was them. No, I wouldn't have either. And I wouldn't have blamed them either. So, yeah, all right, let's move on. Let's do some throws. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have yo anus that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, sorry. I can fit two throws into one flakes. That was nice. That was like uh, that was like the remix when yeah, they yeah. Uh, or not the remix. They were doing that big a couple years ago where they take two songs and, and mix them together. Mashup. Yeah, there we go. All right, so the throws. I'm going to give the starter throws to Johnny Paycheck. Uh, Lester gave up a John Lester in the first inning on Sunday, but he rebounded to go six innings and strike out four while walking one. He has a .55 whip, and opponents are hitting 103 against him. And his ERA over two games is .82. You know, uh, that's pretty good. Especially with the first game, he got a little nervous. When you talk about John Lester, here's another Crawley fun fact for you. There we go. Since joining the Cubs prior to the 2015 season, Lester has posted a 39-22 and record with a 348 and 86 starts at Wrigley Field. 39 home victories are tied for second most with Zach Granke among NL hurlers in that span. Only Clayton Kershaw has more home victories. He's got 191 career victories, third most inactive pitchers behind Verlander and Granke. Yeah, wow. and if this wasn't a shortened season, we would have seen him hit that 200 mark this year. Yeah. Theo's, um, only, Theo's only good siding. Let's face it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it kind of feels like it. All right. And then uh, in the, you know, getting hard in the bullpen is, is Jeremy Jeffress. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, showing up for four innings and four games, including a save opportunity that he completed. Uh, he's been the fireman in some serious situations so far and is looking like he might be the best guy in that bullpen. You know, the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was that one start against, against Cle- the Cincinnati, that bullpen performance was one of the worst you could ever just imagine. But Jeffrey's really the experience, you know what I mean? And that's yep. a lot of things when you look at the Cubs bullpen that it's lacking is guys that have pitched in big moments. And Jeffers has that experience with Milwaukee, whereas like when you look at a Justin Steele or a, a Wick or a Week or whoever you want to grab, there's not a lot of guys that have that experience. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult to come into those situations if you've never done it before and calm guess- the nerves. The only other one would be Rex Brothers that has any significant experience as a former pitcher. Jeffress has experience closing out ball games in those tight situations coming in with that the bases loaded after Kimbrell explodes. Uh, like, like yeah, that's the-, the thing. They're not even giving him a fair shake. He's getting bases loaded situations. Yeah, and what I here's the new thing though, and I need to write a song um, because any pitch that Jeremy Jeffress makes that has a great result is going to be called now the fish truck like throw him the fish truck <laughs> you know how he's got that fish truck that he he was driving around when he was with the the marlins i was really excited about that fish truck it was gonna you know they were gonna park it by wrigley field we all be eating fish with jeremy but instead you know covid and whatnot so now uh it's the fish truck pitch every time it's good so when he he laid in that what was it it was like a, a two-seamer they got him to fly out to center to end the game. Yep. It had some movement on it. Anyway, that, you know, that was like, I was sitting outside watching the game with Bleacher Jack. I was like, throw him the fish truck pitch. Throw him the fish truck. And I was like, 
and he hits the ball out. I was like, yay, he threw him the fish truck. So all it doesn't even have to be – it could be a slider. It just has to be a pitch with a good result thrown by Jeremy Jeffress. He's now known as the fish truck. So get used to saying that because uh, we're going to be saying it. I, I'll make a song. I'll get it going. It needs some branding. It I Got an artist out there wants to draw a little fish truck with a baseball, you know. So Jeffress is good. The rest of the bullpen blows. Yeah, <laughs> hit that blows. Yeah. You just put your lips together, together and blow. <laughs> Man, this is going to the whole bull penis. Uh, despite a few guys looking good, the overall product has been bad so far. They came through yesterday, and hopefully with a few more games, Rossi gets a better feel for who to throw and when. But so far, the bull penis, terrible. And the worst of those is probably the most expensive, Craig Kimbrell with his 27 ERA over 1.1 innings. Uh, you know, and but the good news is nobody in the starting rotation qualifies for the blows because the starters are looking good. Uh, you know, and hey, maybe we get a few of those seven inning games coming up, and this team makes a run for the championship. <laughs> we just start playing seven inning games. Cubs are right there. Uh, Cubs X fan brings up a good point. Uh, maybe that was his truck while it was parked at Wrigley. That was actually uh, something in Suns. I kept what when, during the pandemic when everything was well, we're still in the pandemic, but when everything was shut down and Wrigley was being used as a quote unquote uh, food pantry, which I know still don't believe with those fake boxes of bananas and those crates. What a One bunch banana, of banana, two banana, three banana bunch. Right. And, <laughs> And uh, there was a fish truck parked out there in M. Slavin and Sons Fish. And I was like, what the hell is this fish truck doing it? And it wasn't a Jeremy Jeffers fish truck. But I did make that connection that there was a fish truck out there in the corner. Um, it's the year of the fish truck. What, I, what can I tell you? But um, where was I going to go with this? I totally forget. Now I got I got um, fish trucked. Uh, you got, got <laughs> you got fish truck on the brain. So as we were talking about though, when you talked about game one in Cincinnati, the Cubs, oh, Kimbrel, Cubs were winning seven to nothing in the sixth inning. So absolutely, you know, Lester went five innings when he handed the ball off to the bullpen. They're up what seven nothing, seven and, in the sixth. Yep. And Kimbrel, not only Kimbrel, other the bullpen all of a sudden just started to fall apart in that game. The whole thing was just absolutely god awful. Back, back, sports, back, and so is your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball is in full swing, and there is no shortage of ways to get in on the action. You see, BetOnline.ag has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. So do it. Also, gotta tune in. Floyd Money Mayweather joining the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right. And he's going to talk about his expensive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today and check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. So go to betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. They sponsor this podcast, and we thank them. Betonline.ag. Hey, guys. uh, You ever shave your balls? I mean, you know, 
Sure you have. I mean, why not? Make them nice and smooth. Well, let me tell you how. You got to join Manscaped. They got the lawnmower, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's a premium electric trimmer. It's designed to give you a confidence boost through your body image. So they got the ceramic blade and skin safe technology, and it's designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down below, below. So you got the Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof, comes with an LED light. You can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or even in a dark shower, whatever you want to do. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. See, the Shears is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. See, the Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. Now, on their website... You also find the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. And you know you need it because you got that summer swamp ass going on. Uh, you got that, uh, you know, the uh, natural hydrators and antioxidants in the crop preserver. So you want to use that. You'll also find the crop reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. Now, we won't judge you if we catch you sniffing your own balls, but I will be impressed by your flexibility. Now, go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. What you got to do to get 20% off right now, plus free shipping, is use the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use promo code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and shave that front trunk. And we thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show. Yeah. No, it was it was bad. And that's when and I think that's what we're gonna be facing all year is just not being able to trust the bullpen. We're not one of those teams that invested in that, except for the closer has been terrible. And so we're just going to have to take what we can get, and hopefully our starters get us through a bunch. I am curious to see with uh, dudes like Colin Rhea who can give you a few more innings. Even Jeffress can give you two innings. He's been doing that. So if you're gonna if you're gonna take some of the dudes you trust and put them out there for two, maybe even three, God forbid, like somebody like Aria once in a while, you know, do kind of what Stephen Brault did the other day or Chad Cool did for the Pirates. You know, that's a different way to put it together. But so far, I mean, you know, Lester gave you five and then he gave you six. Right. And that's kind of what – and that is the best that we all hope for this but, year. But it's that game one, that game one, they the bullpen gave up one in the sixth, two in the seventh, two in the eighth, and two in the ninth. And if, and if you were watching the game, you knew you had a heart attack because Kimbrell came in – and I, I, I want to say he walked, what did he do? He walked three batters. He hit another. He threw a wild pitch. He was oh, yeah. awful. Yeah, he earned a new nickname in that game. Remember? Kimbrel's new nickname is BB Gun because there's BBs across the board. And and the oh, yeah. thing about that game, and this is the thing that you know people keep saying, is he tipping pitches? Is he tipping pitches? The, the issue that we're seeing with Kimbrel is that he's not fooling anybody. I don't think he's tipping pitches. I just think they're sitting fastball because he can't get anything for a strike. And so, you know, our friend Full Count Tommy put the good about Kimbrell. He was throwing heat, 96.2. Okay, so that was up. But the bad, only 13 total strikes. And then the ugly, only one total swing and miss, including zero on the curveball. Only three times did the batter swing in that inning. 
And again, we talked about Jeffries coming in and putting out that fire. I think in that inning, they went to three and two, seven different times. Jeffries did two on the two batters and he lucked out because with the Cubs winning seven to six, uh, Philip Irving, who's their leadoff hitter, he, the ball four was up and in and, and he took a swing and he, that should have been tie game. So we kind of lucked out on that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the the thing that's really frustrating is that if nobody's going to swing at that uh, that knuckle curve in the dirt, and they just know, oh, there's the curve. I'm not swinging at that because it's not going to be a strike. If they know that, he's done. Sure. You know, and that's that's the thing. I was that's another thing I talked to Baker about in the cemetery that day, sitting out there. <laughs> Kimbrel's like, dead career. Yeah, <laughs> and and he's like he's like i don't know he's got to be tipping and i was like yeah he's like i gotta go look at the tape and try to help out and i'm like cool and and i'm like well looking at it i'm like and i said listen i don't know shit about this i said but i was looking i asked this question because you know some guys like strope he'll like change his arm slot he'll quick pitch you he'll he'll he changes things in order to fool you i'm like i i so i asked i'm like is kimbrell trying to do the exact same thing every time a repeatable delivery, and that's what he's trying to do. And then it's two different pitches with the repeatable delivery. He says, yes, that's what he's attempting. I said, okay, well, it didn't look the same to me. And it didn't. I was sitting down there with Bleacher Jeff watching. And I was like, like, why does he look so weird? Like he, and, and I asked that question to John, too. He goes, well, maybe he was trying to find it. He's like, that happens too. If he's like looking different each time, he's like, you know, they'll, they'll be able to tell, you know, where his arm slot was and they're going to measure all that stuff and give everybody to look at that data for real. You know, the people that are doing that stuff. But if, if he's not repeating his delivery and he's trying to find just even the feel of being on the mound, it could be as simple as locking in that feel and getting into like, Oh yeah, this is the thing I used to do. This is how I repeat. I mean, Dude's already a whack job from hunching over to start the yeah. pitch. The, you know trouble, the, trouble, whack the, job. the trouble that you have, though, with that is that last year the velocity was down. Okay, and so what we don't know is 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 he is his motion as far as repeating his motion is that getting screwed up because he's trying to do whatever he can to get a little extra velocity on the fastball, which means the mechanics break down and he's not throwing it where he wants to throw it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, and I saw David Ross. Yeah, David Ross wants him to trust that fastball a little more, but there's no confidence there from Kimbrell. It doesn't matter. They can, if the fastball is a strike, which it should be, if if he commands it on the corners, which he doesn't, he's putting it in everybody's wheelhouse. And, you know, granted, he got turned around by Josh Bell and Colin Moran. And the Pirates, when he came out the other night, gave up those two home runs on, I believe, back-to-back pitches. Was it back-to-back pitches? Or I know it was back-to-back hitters. Um, yeah, it was, it was back-to-back hitters, I think, but I can't remember if it was on the pitches. But it reminded me of the, the, that Cardinals debacle last year when Kimbrell came in in the ninth, and I believe it was the first of the getting swept games, and Kimbrell comes out there, and Yachty turned him around with a pitch over his head. And somebody else did it too, and all of a sudden the Cubs had lost the game. And that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like this is a continuation of last year. Yeah. Well, uh, game two we won <laughs> eight, yeah. eight five. Um, Javi homered twice. That was good to see. Uh, that was his first and second well, of the year. And they had just said you don't worry about Javi 
because he, had, I think he struck out twice in the game and he was just struggling. He, I think he was at like a sub 100 right then. And, at, and then two at bats later, he's hitting like 230. <laughs> what a great game though for the offense. They scored in every inning other than the first two. So the third through the ninth inning, they scored one run the third through the eighth and then two more in the ninth where uh, Baez hit a mammoth blast to center field. Absolutely unreal. And of course, on the opposite side with Cincinnati, Nick Castellanos, a familiar name, Hits a uh, he he really made the Cubs pay to need this season. Yeah. Hit a two run home run. I mean, he was just looking great, um, you know. And once again, the bullpen starts to make you nervous. There, Castellanos on that game, he was just like wait. Said, before you get in the bullpen, though, let, let's let's stay positive and tell us about Alec Mills. Ah, yes, Alec Mills. Because that was a big question mark, right? Yep, and that was six innings that he went to, hits two runs, two walks, three strikeouts. And again, the only two runs was a home run to Castellanos, which we know Castellanos from last year's time with the Cubs. No one's going to, it's not like you gave it up to some, you know, you didn't give it up to uh, Billy Hamilton, you know, you gave it up to a, <laughs> you gave it up to a slugger and, and, and Castellanos is going to hit more home runs too. So it doesn't bother you. So great start by Mills. Yeah, that was awesome. And if he can repeat that again, uh, you know, going out there uh, tonight against the Royals. I mean, that's his old team. You're pitching at home. I, I man, it, if that guy could be solid and really pitch like a number three, even though we're expecting a number a number five kind of situation out of him, you know, man, that would be huge for the team. It already has been. Well, right now, I mean, we've got Lester throwing like a three. We've got Chatwood and Mills throwing at least like fours. You know, like sure, they struck out what 11, 12 the other day, 11 Man. in uh, six innings. Yeah, that was yeah, that, that was, was great. Awesome. Yeah. So and the time before that, uh, see, he had struck out eight against the Brewers. So, I mean, the dude's just fooling everybody. And, uh, you know, he's dialing it up there. We'll get to Chatwood, but yeah. but no, if Mills can be there, if if they've got the starters, and obviously we're like I think number two in uh, in uh, like it's second in the majors in yeah. starter ERAs, uh, and, and maybe even number one for a National League. But uh, I mean, <laughs> you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop because I don't think we expect that out of these guys. Because I remember before the season start, we're like, we only got two starters. God damn it, what are we gonna do? That's what right. we. And now we're thinking differently about it. So still, still an early sample size. So I mean, is is are the starters going to be as great as this? We don't know. Is yes. the bullpen going to be as bad as this? We don't know. Well, then, we've also got a manager who has personal relationships with most of these guys and has literally caught them or at least worked with them uh, in the past. So I think that's a bonus that the manager has that close of a relationship with these starters. Jose Orlando writes in, Mills is greater than Quintana. I mean, so far. <laughs> we, we have not seen anything to tell us any different. Yeah, and that's another thing, though. Q's not back. We're expecting him. What do you do when he does? Now we're getting into game three. The Cubs. We need long for, relief, Danny. The Cubs were uh, going for the sweep against the Reds. Well, not the sweep. It was the third out of four games. But they were going for the series win, and – you know, Hendricks, who just had such a phenomenal opening day start going all nine, as Danny predicted, 
just really didn't have it that day. You know, he only went four innings, 4.1 innings, you know, gave seven. Up seven runs on six hits. Some of those runs though came off uh, inherited runners. Um, you know, it just really, really wasn't his day that day. And, and that's going to happen sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nobody was good. Brothers was bad because the Cubs actually came back in this one. It was good to see. Watch this one from the Bleacher Jeff deck, too. Cubs were losing nine zip. Come back, it's nine to five or something like that. Yep. And I was like, oh, they're making a game of it. Nope. And because uh, the bullpen couldn't even handle it. Bullpen could not keep them at least in that game. That was the Dylan Maples experience there where he had that, – that was the potential end of his career there where he gave up four walks, two yeah. runs th- – or three runs, right? Two of them earned. He threw a wild pitch. So, I mean, just absolutely awful. It, it's – you know, we don't have time this year to, to mess around with a guy who really has great stuff because if you cannot throw a strike in MLB, you don't have a job. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I think I've got a TFC for this one. Uh, After 70 years of being a fan, enough is enough. I am tired of watching this sorry team. We lose every day. Absolutely disgusting performance by the offense and even worse by the pitchers. Lifelong fan, but not anymore. I didn't fight Bushes in Vietnam for this to happen to me. I love I love how he says on this. If you put that back up, Michael, he says that the Cubs win, uh, the Cubs lose every day. Where does it say that? Uh, yeah, every day. The Cubs lose every day, but on his handle, it has their record at seven and two. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, it's the yeah. year to, it's the year of the cube, people. Year of the if, cube. Yeah, if, if losing one game is like losing two point seven, don't forget. Well, in- Later in that thread, people are giving him shit. Like, you know, they're just saying, oh, obviously you didn't watch yesterday. Or you just, and then you see he pops in there. Oh, rally. <laughs> like, <laughs> like for, for like half a second, he got optimistic again. <laughs> and, Danny, you say the Cubs uh, lucked out. They, they got postponed because it always rains in Cincinnati. Well, we gotta, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fake triple play. Because <laughs> oh. we, we did lose. But there was a fake triple play where the ball bounced into Chris Bryant's mitt. And um, I guess they called him out when he got the out at third. There's a force and then back across the first, I think. They, they right. called, they, yeah, they called the catch. He stepped on third, throws to first, triple play unassisted. Well, not unassisted. There was a guy first helping out, I believe. Oh, right. well, yeah. But I. I, I think one of them, I don't know. I think maybe they just said it in the uh, in the they excitement said, of mo- the moment. They maybe did, they said an unassisted triple play. Yeah, that was like, huh? What? I was like, really? You're just going to discount the first baseman? Okay, cool. Right, but, and then we found out there was a lot more assistance from but, the blind ass old umps who can't see the ball <laughs> bouncing off the ground. And again, this is one of those stupid things that why can't that play be reviewable? It just makes no damn sense. <laughs> <laughs> I should not be laughing about an old man with blood streaming out of his ear, but both times Danny's put that up, it's made me yeah, crack up. You are every time. It's just evergreen, Joe West with blood. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and also I, I will say this too, as far as like one of those one kind of maybe bright spot in the bullpen is a dude that's also like one of those starter types, Dwayne Underwood. You know, like he he did okay, like mopping up the end of that. Like I, I think that we could see. I think he could be like silent but deadly. <laughs> he's 
<laughs> well, he he's up and down. He's got it, and then he doesn't have it. So, yeah. but he's what young, so hopefully, he just learns to handle those situations. And we got our ass kicked by good pitching too, Sonny Gray. And luckily, we got rained out, so we got to miss Luis Castillo, who's been kicking our ass for a couple of years now. Although Luis Castillo, the next day, got his ass kicked by Detroit. All right, yeah. So. And we, like, I'm, I'm, I'm all here for Detroit taking the uh, AL Central. They're <laughs> right there. Why the hell not? Let's get it done. Um, yeah, because yeah, they're they're just playing all their young guys. Like Detroit's like, yeah, bring up the fucking minor leaguers and let's just see what we have. Like for real, because they didn't they didn't really have much at the major league level. So they've that's a young young team. Mm-hmm. Well, I got another TFC about that rain out because unfortunately, listen, I was looking at that radar all day. I'm like, this game's gonna get banged. No doubt, this game's getting banged. It's and, and my girlfriend is in Cincinnati. She's like, oh, yeah, it's going to rain all day. Thunderstorms. It's going to be thunderstorming all day. Everybody in Cincinnati knew it, except for Major League Baseball somehow, and they wouldn't play the game. They wouldn't just send the Cubs home, even in this time of COVID. And you know who it pissed off? Anthony Rizzo, the captain of the Chicago Cubs. He wrote to Twitter and anybody else, and MLB, and anybody else that would listen, player safety at MLB. Let's sit around for eight-plus hours inside the clubhouse, dot, dot. I'm sure I can find that somewhere in the 113-page player safety protocol. (laughs) Rob Manfred hates baseball. Yeah, I can't wait. Like, if if you were to look through those mentions, somebody's in there, MLB just runs to Twitter. It's not really them. Some dickhead, like, parsing the words or something. I believe if Anthony Rizzo is tweeting at MLB, they might get the the message eventually. That, that I mean, what do they expect? If you're the mouthpiece for the organization, yeah, that's who we're going to talk to. But, yeah, there's always somebody in there. Like, so oh, they, they're not actually doing that, you know. <laughs> so let's do the Pirate Series, shall we? Yes, uh, sir. Trevor Williams versus you, Darvish. It was nice to see you looking good. And uh, Trevor Thank Williams you. looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what was the what was the final on this one? Six to three. Jason Kipnis gets his first home run. And did you know that he is from the Chicagoland area? I, I had no idea. Did, yeah. I, I, where did he grow up? You know, I think it was like uh, was Glen- it Northbrook? Northbrook. <laughs> that's it. And he went to like Glenbrook or something like that. I believe Glenbrook, Glenbrook North. I believe. Is that, yep. do I get that right? And if and if he still lived there. He, they wouldn't be claiming Chicago so that they don't have to wear masks. So <laughs> Kipnis with his first home run, but how about Jason Hayward coming through with the bases loaded? Not something you always feel comfortable with, but gives the Cubs, you know, a good four nothing lead, you know, and, and that was really, really, uh, you know, good to see for, for me to see Hayward do that. You know, it was nice to see Hayward, but wasn't that also like, God, I can't remember this game now. But didn't he also pull that ball and it just happened to get through? Like, oh, you don't even need the the third baseman to stay over on the left side. Just put the whole fucking team in right field. Like, I, it is getting ridiculous at some point. I mean, just start bunting or something. You yeah. know, and and Rizzo also had an important hit where he was able to drive in uh, Nico Horner and Ian Happ. So, you know, those two hits were really big because uh, guess who comes out of the bullpen again? 
Craig Kimbrell, who gives up two dongs in the ninth, one to Bell, one to Moran. Here's the interesting thing. He faced five hitters, okay? Five hitters. Every one of all, every ball that was in play was over 101 miles per hour over the bat. Two of the outs that they had, hard outs, were 104 plus off the bat. So he fooled nobody. And yeah. they are very lucky that more of those balls didn't end up over the fence. Well, you're kind of happy that at least we're playing crappy teams like the Pirates and the Royals and uh, you know, at the beginning of the season because if there's ever a chance, hopefully the Cubs can put up enough runs to get his ass out there again and keep figuring out what's going on with him, you know, and have in this game, you did have a bit of a cushion. You had a 6 to 1 lead at this point, you know, uh and so you could throw him out there and try to figure it out. It, he, he still didn't. Um, the one thing I, I do have to mention about that Rizzo hit that was uh, so clutch and that you really needed in order to make make it uh, not too close at the end was uh, that he was he's able to stick his bat out and go oppo on that, you know. And yep. that was another bases loaded situation with nobody out. And um, you know, and and he didn't try to do too much. And that's what I love about Anthony Rizzo. He's not. He's like I'm. The, there's no outs. I'm going to hit a grand slam. He's like, he's like, you know what? If I'm going to take what's given to me, and if I'm just going to poke it the other way because nobody's over there, that's what I'm going to do because that's going to score too. Yeah. Is there anybody else on the team that you want up in a big situation? Like who? Who is? Who is? And I know, I know. Hey, KB's got the greatest clutch stats in the history of clutch stats. Hmm. But who do you feel like is our best clutch hitter? For me, it's Rizzo. He's the guy that I want to see up there. I, I mean, Rizzo obviously has the history there. Two guys that really look interesting this year. We talked a little bit before, Michael, when you were talking about your rakes. Uh, Ian Happ has looked really good. The other guy that, and he didn't do it yesterday, but Nico Horner most of the time is one of those guys that puts the ball, the bat on the ball. And it, when you have a lot of, you know, when you have base runners on, you know, just striking out sometimes. You just can't do that when you have, like, runners at second and third and one out. I think that happened yesterday, right, in the, the bottom of the ninth or bottom of the tenth. You can't strike out in that situation if you have runners at second and third and one out. Make contact, get the runner in. I'm loving Nico Horner because he is not a power guy, and he knows it, but he makes something happen when he gets up there. You know, puts the bat on the ball, and guess what? When you, you hit the ball – and everybody has to do shit. That's when baseball's fun to watch. Right. I enjoy it. Kind of, kind of reminds you a little bit of Starlin Castro with, with the way that he, you know, he's just, you know what I mean. He doesn't walk a lot and he doesn't strike out a lot. He just hits the. He just he makes contact. Yeah, except for Starlin kept pulling over into a double play every <laughs> yeah. like toward the end of his time with the like at first it wasn't like that, but by the end of the time it. You know, with the Cubs, I think he was trying to hit everything out and he was just rolling everything over. It was terrible. And then in uh, game two of this series, Cubs win four to three. That was the Tyler Chatwood with uh, the strikeout king, 11, 11 uh, strikeouts, 6.2 innings. You love to see it. Uh, such a beautiful, it's his career high. The Chicago Cubs tweeted out. Um, yeah, he he did it one other time with the Rockies. He hit eleven. So, uh, and I understand why Rossi pulled him uh, with one out left, but it would have been nice to see him hit twelve there. 
Again, though, with 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 Chatwood, we we all were nervous when Ross put him as the number three starter over John Lester. We're like, what? How are you, Chatwood? What are you sure? And again, six point two three hits, zero own runs, two walks, eleven strikeouts. Well, he's got that ground ball, that double play ground ball working. That you know usually got him out of jams in the past. I mean, just just really looking good, you know. And uh, boy, the t- some people are already saying, ex- you know, extend him. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> I've, seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it too. I've seen it too. And it's just uh, like these assholes have been, you know, for two full seasons losing their damn minds. And then, you know, two games this year. Oh, we got to keep it. But, but honestly, with that, isn't that hashtag that's Cubs where a guy sucks the entire, <laughs> right. entirety of his contract and then his, his, uh, his, his walk year, he's going to be freaking, uh, he's going to be Cy Young. Yeah, exactly. That's well. I mean, and if you re- if you recall, like uh, Tyler Chatwood was basically Dylan Maples his first year as a yeah. guy. couldn't get anything over. He walked everybody. He didn't even play the second half of the year and still managed to lead the league in walks. Like, <laughs> that is how bad Tyler Chatwood was at pitching. Two years. I think ago. he had eighty eight walks or something that season. Yeah, in like. So- Forty and innings. Yeah. So Chatwood gets pulled after a walk, and Jeffers comes in to put the fire out again, and does a great job. Goes one point one, but then Kyle Ryan comes in, who, who last year was really really good for the Cubs, and he only gets one out, gives up three hits, three runs. I mean, just not the greatest. Before Wick was able to grab the save on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a bullpen. It's going to come and go, but this is one of your dudes that you're really counting on. And it hasn't been terrible with, with uh, Ryan this year. He's, you know, he's your lefty, but uh, I mean, he's been in four games. He's been in there four games already. And, you know, that was, he's had two bad times of it and two good times of it, you know, and that's just how he's going to be. He's young. You know, we don't know what we got. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. It, it's your bullpen. Bullpen, just by the very nature of bullpens, sometimes they're bad. And when they're young, they're just going to be up and down. And you hope that the ups start to stay up a little longer. So then we were going for the sweep, yes, yesterday? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And That's going scary. for the sweep against a, a bullpen game. Those guys are good, though. They're former starters. Brault has definitely shut us down before. Chad Cool shut us down before. But they've also been lit up by us before. That's why they ended up in the bullpen. And they both pitched well against the Cubs. I mean, Cubs only got one run the entire game. Ends up tied one-to-one at the end of uh, regulation. And, oh, and then we got clown ball. Clown ball. Hashtag clown ball. Hashtag clown ball. <laughs> Lester, again, just uh, we talked about this earlier. Six innings, four hits, one run, one rock, and four Ks. Not only that, he battled it out. It, was, it wasn't, you know, and he did a great job. Newman got a home run in the first, which Michael alluded to earlier. And, you know, he kept you in the game, which, you know, and they, 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 didn't, they got back-to-back doubles by uh, Contreras and Schwarber. But then after that, you know, I think- shut him down. I think honestly, picking up Ross as the manager for John Lester's like could be his last season with the Cubs. He's got one more year, right? Or is it an option? It's it's an, it's uh, if he hits certain qualifications, it kicks in that he's back. 
Okay, yeah, and who knows what happens because of this year. But right. uh, anyway, so it could be his last year. But Ross coming in, I think uh, – I mean, we've seen Lester do this a million times, give up a solo shot in the first inning and then, you know, get through six anyway, you know, and, and pitch really well. But uh, I think, you know, Ross may maybe gets a little more out of Lester than most managers right now. Uh, at this point in his career, I, I think it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling better and better about how I'm seeing Ross work through the starters and the bullpen, even though the bullpen has been terrible. I'm hoping that it's just a matter of trying to figure it out through the first week of games. Now you talk about the clown ball. It was, it, I got to tell you, it was kind of interesting to watch because it's the first time. <laughs> never saw it before. Yeah. Never saw it before. And so when the, people do dumb shit on the base paths, it's always interesting. Well, you sit there in the night, this is the top of the 10th. And so because he made the last out, Jacob Stallings starts out on second base. First batter up is uh, Josh Bell and Bell hits it to the outfield and Schwarber throws a missile to Wilson Contreras. He was yeah, you, out. You don't run on Schwarbs, people. Yeah, he's got a catcher arm. What are they doing? I mean, Schwarber is great at gunning dudes down. He just, you know, and he's got that catcher arm. He comes in throwing hard. He's throwing to another catcher. Wilson doesn't take shit. He gets bowled over. That was that was like an old school catcher play. It was it was nice to see, and it was clean. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't have even reviewed it. I was, I'm annoyed by how that played out because in real time, it looked like Wilson had the ball well before the can, you know, like you just saw it playing out. You're like, oh, he's dead in the water. Uh, you know, but, well, you know, this is the, the life we live now with all these fucking rules and everybody's going to complain that the catcher is in the way even though Stallings didn't try to go around him or there, there was a lane there for Stallings if he had slid. Well, what they said is that, you know, the, the throw carried perfectly carried Wilson right into the base path. So that's, that was well within his right to do that. So the Cubs now they get out of the inning and it starts out with Steven Souza, who's on second base. Ian Happ draws a walk. But one of the cool things is is that they you had Souza stealing third because of uh, defensive misplay by the Pirates, and so you got runners at first and third and nobody out, and the Cubs cannot get it done. Horner strikes out. He was not happy about it because there was a bunt that really shouldn't have been called a strike. Oh, I disagree. I think uh, I think that was a, he held he held that bat. He he actually made just a touch of a downward before he pulled it back, it looked like a swing to me. Okay. About things like that. It's like, nah, dude, that was, that was legit. First and third one out. Albert Elmora. Mm. Dude, this was a bad lineup too. I can see why they scored one run. This lineup sucked. This might be the worst lineup they've thrown out there all year. Well, and not only did they only score one run, but they scored one run because uh, Wilson Contreras doesn't know how to run the bases. <laughs> it, it was a bad double. He, you know, he got in with a sweet uh, swim move to get safe at second, and then uh, he hits the glove of the catcher. Otherwise, he's out at home on that play. 
And so you get to the bottom of the 11th and you have David Bodie starting at second. Rizzo flies deep to right, which allows Bodie to advance to third. And who comes up? Mr. Excitement himself, El Mago. Javi might be my second guy after Rizzo that I want in there in a big situation. Yeah. And that was beautiful, though. He, he also didn't try to do too much. He knew he just had to get the single and that was going to win it. You know, it worked out perfectly. They did that. That was an awesome socially distant. <laughs> you got it right there. That was so beautiful. That- I'm going to play it real quick again. If you, if you're, and just kind of go through it is that everybody's doing socially distance high fives. It was hilarious. So Javi like raise the roof. Javi's in the middle of the circle, and yeah, like raising the roof, high fiving as everybody's doing the same thing around them. Yeah, he's, he's telling everybody six feet, six feet, I saw as well, which uh, I w- went over to, uh, I don't know if you guys, some of you guys might know that are watching or listening, a good Irish friend, Alan, and I went over to his house on Saturday night to watch the game. And, you know, I don't really watch a lot of post-game shows. I like being on them. I don't like watching them. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the Marquee Network had an awkward moment with the six feet. I don't know if you guys caught this the other day. Where you had uh, Ryan Sweeney out there with Cole Wright, and which already you just said Ryan Sweeney, yeah, and you're like, what? <laughs> you know, I, I thought he was still playing somewhere, but uh, no, he he's out there, and they made him and Cole Wright hold a, I believe it's a an Xfinity. It I can't tell, I can't read it. Looks no, like it's it's, it's uh, yeah, the marquee is the red one, but the other one is like a healthcare. Advocate healthcare. They've shown it on uh, between Len and JD before as well. That's the only reason I'm I'm recognizing it. So they're making these guys hold each end of uh, this like two bat. I I don't know. It's just this cardboard stupid uh, advertising thing. And uh, I don't know whose bright idea it was, but they were both embarrassed to be there holding it. I can tell you <laughs> because, like, he, he, we have to, like, they're sitting there holding it and they're trying to talk seriously about the game. And uh, then Cole, Cole Wright eventually just goes, oh, you know, This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm to put this down. And, and it just made me think, you know, so he, you got Javi doing the six feet. You guys got these guys doing the six feet. You know, I, 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 I'm, uh, how do I put this? Marquee Network. Marquee Network. Listen, they hired a bunch of guys. They got Lou Pinella phoning it in. They got Doug Glanville coming in. They got Ryan Sweeney. They got, uh, who else? They got Dennis Marshall. Sean Marshall comes in. Listen, this is one of, I, I only seen it twice now. This is one of the worst post game shows I've ever seen in my life. I it is, I I NBC Sports and I didn't watch that one either. But I watched it a bunch last year because I was working for him, Kaplan and DeJesus. I know a lot of people complained about how that went. Maybe it's some growing pains, but I think they just got to take get like two or three guys and go with them. Right. I think I, I think it's like too many people. Right. I think that's going to, you're going to see it evolve. It's, it's growing pains. And anytime you have a new network and new shows and, and, and all of this, it takes a little while to get kind of everything going. I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. I think, I think Cole Wright's a great guy. I think he's going to do a fantastic job and Cub fans are really going to like him a lot. And I think they're going to find the right pairing that's going to work. I think for a lot of these guys now, I think they're going to continue to bring in the Graces and the Pinellas and, the, and, uh, obviously Doug Glanville, we know is extremely talented and will be doing a John Baker segment with you guys.
Um, but, but I think as far as a regular, you're going to not see as much of the Ryan Sweeney's and the Sean Marshall's. I think Sean Marshall's done a good job um, with Cole Wright. So I think you're going to see more of that, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, and you wonder, like, who's going to be an in-game guy and what their plans for these dudes were in before COVID and what they are now because they have some of them in studio holding those stupid six-feet bat placards, and they got, uh, you know, other guys like Doug Glanville with crappy internet at home. So, you know, it's, it's just weird to see, but I, I did want to mention that I did find it kind of awkwardly hilarious. Um. All next right, so, series. Yeah, next, <laughs> next series. Yeah, we got uh, the Royals coming up. And it's this is one of those uh, things in the schedule that I, you know, I complained about when it came out. And Baker also complained about it to me in the cemetery. He's like, why the hell are we playing two games against the Royals at Wrigley Field and then go play two games in, in Kansas City? Why aren't they all either there or here? He's like, even if he goes, even if they wanted, uh, you know, one team to have last wraps, we could be the home team in Kansas City for two games or they could be the home team at Wrigley. It doesn't matter. You know, he's like, why are we traveling? This is ridiculous. Four games in a row, two different cities. Stupid, stupid. The only thing I can tell you, Danny, is that it, it comes down to money. Um, so every money, they're not making it. There's no fans. Yeah. There's, Again, there's, there's no gate. So. There's no gate, but there is advertising in the ballparks that advertisers pay for. So my guess is if you want, and if you look at the Cubs bleachers, they are completely filled with ads. If you look at what's right or wrong, I'm just telling you is that when you have investors, right, that but, the money, but, that's but that's what's annoying is that we hear that all the time. We need to hear the other side, which is fuck these rickets. And whoever owns the Royals and their fucking whiny ass about what to them is like fucking 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, it's not enough to get worried about in that situation. We, you know, like, every, not everything has to be a fucking dollar bill, right? Like, not this year, not this year. And fans don't want that. We never have. Yeah, and and if like all right, at, tell the ask the Royals how much you guys losing uh, of not getting these home games because I guarantee the Cubs would make a lot more than the Royals will for whatever they got going on, whether it's like fan cutouts or you know spreading an, a giant ad advertisement for you know uh, Kansas City barbecue across you know KC Masterpiece or whatever is going to be going on in their outfield. <laughs> like honestly, uh, Ricketts goes. Hey, Kansas City owner, how much you losing off this? He's like, oh, you know, like five hundred thousand. Ricketts like, I got you. I got some Nuveen money out there. I got some Toyota trucks in the outfield. Like, I got you. I got your five hundred grand. Here you go. Yeah, yeah give him five hundred grand, and then they actually make a little bit too. Exactly. It, so, in other words, their greed is actually losing them money. So, uh, here's the Royals, three and seven. Not good, but they do have Mike Matheny, who knows our team well, as their manager. Uh, they got swept by the White Sox. They split four with Detroit, and they went one and two against Cleveland. They've scored 40 runs, and they've allowed 54. Their OPS is only 694 as a team versus the Cubs, 795. Um, however, um, they're, uh, and our team ERAs are actually quite close as a team. 428 for the Cubs. 445 for the Royals because the Cubs starters, how I, I mentioned earlier, 221 ERA versus 586 ERA for Royal starters, whereas our bullpen is terrible. 
807 to 348. The Royals have the 11th best bullpen so far in the major leagues. And, and if you remember, the Royals were the ones that sort of uh, initiated this move to the bullpen when they won their championship and went to the World Series two years in a row. They were instrumental in kind of kicking this era off with the way that they managed that bullpen. Of having a starter only go six innings. Yeah. Or an opener, you know, even. I don't know if they ever did openers, but. Not in that year when they were World Series champs and when they went to the World Series 15-16, basically you had to get your runs before the seventh inning because if you didn't, you were not going to get any off that bullpen that they had. Yeah. And so normally when you talk about playoff baseball, if a starter's going good, you just keep letting them roll. And uh, and it was Ned Yost who basically just said, "No, nah, man, we're gonna we're gonna pull them." And uh, and uh, at that point, you know, those guys were just so dominant that there was nothing you could do. Quick word to you all. I really appreciate you downloading uh, the Sun Ranto show in all its many forms. But you are obviously listening to an ad-ridden version of the audio version of our live tape podcast. Now, uh, what you should do if you'd like to listen to it in this form is just subscribe for a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Sunranto. You get your own RSS feed. You just copy and paste that into any podcatcher and it will download automatically just like you're doing right now. Uh, the only difference is you don't have to listen to ads, which would be great for you and for me, who if I get enough people to join patreon.com slash Sunranto, then I can quit doing ads because it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of your time, it's a waste of everybody's time. So do it. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. It's a dollar a month. At $5 a month, you get all my music. At $10 a month, you get other stuff. You, I mean, just just take a look. Patreon.com slash Sunrando. Poke around. Join up today. It's a dollar. Come on now. It's a dollar. It's a dollar. If you would buy one of the three hosts of this podcast a beer every year, well, that's that's a dollar. <laughs> regularly, anyway. Please subscribe. $3, $5, $10, whatever you got. Would really be appreciated. Patreon.com slash Sunrental. Quit listening to useless ads. Damn it. Back to the show. Well, we got Alec Mills going out there tonight, and we already talked about his great start. Uh, 1-0, 3 is ERA's 3. And uh, the Royals actually do have a veteran pitcher going up there tonight, Danny Duffy, who's uh, 0-1 with a 579. Um, not a lot of Cubs have seen him, though, even though he's a vet. Uh, it's all the AL guys, yeah, guys who had took a little time in the AL, like uh, Jason Kipnis has seen him the most. He's uh, only has a 669 OPS against him. Nice. And uh, Fagley, Josh Fagley has a homer off of him, so maybe uh, we'll see Josh out there. I, I know the uh, lineups have not been released most likely yet. It's only 30 Chicago time right now. Yeah, uh, Fagley got pulled quick yesterday, <laughs> Yeah, Did it didn't take long. Yeah, for uh, he was pinch hit for um, Chatwood. And or not Chatwood, I'm sorry. Uh, Ian Happ pinch hit for and, him. And uh, Souza has seen him too. Uh, Mills is actually from the Royals. We got Mills from the Royals, and he's never faced his old team. So uh, the Royals never seen him before. Um, game two, uh, Brady Singer is going out there. Ever heard, hear of this guy? Nope. He's got a 360 ERA. Uh, He's a rookie, so that's why we never heard of him. And he plays in Kansas City. We never watch games with them. Going up there against Kyle Hendricks, who I'm hoping bounces back at home. He pitches way better at Wrigley Field, so hopefully we see that. 
tomorrow it's night. Crazy how much better he's at Wrigley. And uh, I got Kyle's numbers versus the Royals to put up here. Uh, Michael Franco, who used to be on the Phillies, is over on the Royals now. He's seen Kyle the most, and he's got a 143 batting average against him. So it, in 14 at bats, so it's only two hits. Got and he struck out only once as well. Um, also, uh, Brett Phillips has seen him. Actually, is three for three. So against Kyle Hendricks, Alex Gordon's done nothing. Salvador Perez has done nothing. And one of my favorite names in baseball, Franchi Cordero <laughs> has done nothing against Kyle Hendricks. Franchi. So, so I, I like that matchup. Uh, game three, we got uh, you Darvish going out there in Kansas City. Um and this is going to be a bullpen game for the Royals. And as I mentioned, they've got like a three something ERA. So they got a decent bullpen. But this is you, Darvish, who this is uh, the Royals' numbers against you. Alex Gordon's seen him the most. He's, Those are pretty good. He's doing pretty well against him. He's got a, a double and a triple and four hits and 14 at bats, taking a walk, only four strikeouts, although that's kind of high. But Alex Gordon will do that to you. But Alex Gordon does well. Whit Merrifield, their leadoff hitter has done decent against you, uh, Darvish, as well. And uh, Michael Franco and Salvador Perez, the only other Royals that have seen him and have not done very well. And then uh, in the, as we're going up against their bullpen. They're good. Chatwood goes out there uh, against Jacob Junis. And um, they've seen, the Royals have seen Chatwood actually quite a bit. Uh, 28 total plate appearances, not that much. But they haven't done very well. Only a 182 batting average against Chatty. Um, no home runs against Chatwood. Uh, Michael Franco's seen him the most and has done the best against him. Uh, so the the good Cubs are kind of favored pitching wise through all of these. As far as Jacob Junis goes, I never heard of the guy. Um, but he did pitch against us in 2018. I just blacked that out, I guess, because we haven't seen him since except that one game. And Kipnis has seen him the most, and he's batting uh, 200 against Junis. And the time that Junis did see the Cubs, he struck out eight uh, through five. But the Cubs ended up winning that game. So I wish there was, I wish there was somebody that we knew that could make predictions on this series, though. I don't – you know yeah. – I, I think I might know somebody, and he's still socially distanced during the time of COVID, but he's been sending in his predictions. And, of course, I speak of Cub Shradamus. Check, check, test. Hello, my Sunranto friends. It's Cub Shradamus here to predict the future. Here's my poem. Major League Baseball will be startled when the COVID tests come back tomorrow. The series skips by us because they've all got the virus. Of course, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. Cubstradamus out! Right. I don't know if it's the lack of any true predictions, the lack of any real uh, rhymes, <laughs> or the smell. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's kind of a three-two player. Well, the thing is, 
is like that's one man that you wouldn't mind having COVID around because <laughs> that lack of sense of smell that you get with that uh, particular virus it really help you around him. Um, I'm going to start because Coach Thomas just mentioned that the Cardinals are have got a bunch of positive tests. I actually did not see any follow up to the dastardly news yesterday that there were definitely more positives going to come out of that team. No surprise, of course, that those positive tests were led by Mr. Carlos Virus Martinez himself, who's uh, quite familiar with um, basically ruining his own health through uh, bad behavior. So um, Jack Flaherty, after their game got banged the other day, he tweeted out, trying to bring it up here, but it's not working. Somebody else go. It was working, but we oh, see it. it. Yeah, we see it. You see it right now? I did earlier. About uh, Yep, there it is right there. TV show suggestions, please, by Jack Flaherty. And Danny Rocket replies, the Cubs game. Good one, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, there it is. It finally came up for me. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was pretty good. You know, the guy's sitting at home. All his games got banged for the weekend. Goes on Twitter, asks what he should watch on TV. Uh, I'll go next. If you remember uh, the second game of the season, the Cubs were playing um, on Fox where they have the virtual fans, quote unquote. And uh, this, I I thought this was funny. It says uh, here, sometimes they show fake fans and sometimes they don't. Don't get the logic. Highlights the fakeness. And uh, aisle 24 says they're all waiting in the virtual bathroom lines. (laughs) Nice. What? I had one that popped up. Uh, Lyle would be the perfect one for this one, but uh, came out of the Boston area. Due to COVID-19, Sweet Caroline is banned. There will be no touching hands, reaching out, touching <laughs> me, touching you. Sweet Caroline. Whatever. Yeah. So good one. Sweet Caroline band. Okay. I got one here. Uh, this one actually was sent in by a, um, a fan of the show, friend of the show. Wendy Mazurik writes in, uh, Julia DeCaro had written on Twitter. This is going great. MLB. You should definitely keep going. And Craig Newman writes back. None of this shit happened until the DH. hit the <laughs> Just saying true it's true COVID spread by the dh now this we know one, this one made me laugh here if you know dr fauci uh he threw the first pitch at the very first game with the washington nationals versus the yankees and it was just a god-awful pitch he's a great doctor bad pitcher but uh base at baseball quotes says dr fauci gets the call on the corner from angel hernandez <laughs> nice that's good all right, I got one here. This is my final one. If Rob Manfred played baseball, he'd definitely be in the NL Central. All he does is pass the bucks. Oh, that's good. I like that one. I like it. Um, do I have another one? Oh, yeah, this one comes in via email uh, with the subject Billy Cub. And if you remember him. He was the unauthorized mascot that the <laughs> used to have before they stole his good idea and made it their own. And Patrick writes in, 
if Billy Cub wears a mask and keeps his distance, do you think he could be welcomed back in this world of new norms? I have not replied to this email yet. And I was, I was going to say, what should I say? <laughs> yes? I kind of, I kind of think that if the Cubs were to tell him he couldn't wear that, they'd be putting him in danger I, you know, I think he's got a legal case that he's allowed to wear that wherever he wants. Yeah, so, guys, just to interrupt here. The Cubs lineup just came out. Oh. So, Chris Bryant is back playing left field today, batting leadoff, followed by Rizzo at first. Is that, Baez, is that closer to the bathroom? <laughs> Bias to short. Wilson is catching. Schwarber is DHing. Uh, Bodie is playing third, Hayward right, Horner second, and Hap is in center. So that's the yeah. lineup. Chris Bryant is back is going to be the news. Actually, yeah. Danny, isn't one of your, uh, you know, one of your secrets of Wrigley that the left field, left field corner bathroom is the best one? It really is. And maybe, and he can go right out that side door. Uh, He's right there. There's, yeah, you can go right through the bullpen, be right at the best bathroom in Wrigley Field, take a dump right there in the corner. If he strikes out, or if he's the last out of an inning, goes to the, you know, goes out in the field, he might not go to the, <laughs> he doesn't have to go back to the bullpen, right? Or back to the dugout. He could just go straight over there straight and over then just the return bullpen. later. Yeah, just come out through the bullpen. <laughs> um, perfect. I got another one here. This is from my guy, Decipio, who says right here, Source. This is when they were playing at Cincinnati, and if you watch the marquee broadcast, they have these little wind charts that show the wind. It's actually former Cub Brett Jackson who's involved in that company. Source at marquee tells me how disappointed they are that no fans at the game tonight. They spent $200 million on a system that shows the effects Cincinnati chili farts in the stands have on how far fly balls <laughs> travel. Yeah, those are nasty, and they, they kind of have a chocolate smell. God. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, I, we need to start pinching this one off here, Danny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one more TFC here before we pinch this off here. I got, I got one too. All right, go ahead. Do yours. Okay. This is Kyle Fardsworth. Boy, was he mad um, after it came out that MLB will be playing seven inning games in uh, for double headers this year. Um, Kyle Farnsworth says, Manfred is a freaking clown. I am so embarrassed for the fans of baseball. I apologize that this guy is in charge and has destroyed this great game. He needs to resign now. There's a lot of exclamation points. I try to give it the right read. Wonder if we should, I wonder if we should get him on the show. It seems like he has the same thoughts. Yeah, it is kind of bullshit, especially for the teams that are getting COVID. Now they only have to play uh, 14 innings for two games. Yeah. Cubs don't have COVID, and they're punished for it by having to play more. I got this last oh, TFC right, right here. Later. The Onion says, Cubs installed cardboard cutouts of fans pissing all over the streets outside Wrigley Field. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh, man. It's so, funny because it's true. It is true. Um, it's it's actually the truest thing is that fans are still out there pissing all over the streets and one thing I want to say before we we uh, get out of here, thank you to all our Patreon people uh, for, uh, you know, tickets and beer. It's what we've always been about. Keep, uh, you know, up up your pledge 
because I'm going tomorrow and I'm going to be sitting up there in the left field. Uh, I forget the name of the, what, do you know the name of that one? It's a Wrigley view, okay. Wrigley view. Yeah. Wrigley view tomorrow night. We're going to be broadcasting live the sun Ranto show. I don't know how it's going to go or how long we're going to do, but probably around six 7 o'clock right before the game starts. Tune in. I'll be getting hammered up there on the rooftop watching the ball game with Bleacher Jeff and hopefully all you guys. Thank you to the Patreon people for buying uh, the ticket. One month of Patreon basically paid for one ticket to me sitting on the roof. Um, but I'm going up there, and I love you for it. I'm going to bring you the best 2020 Cubs fan experience I possibly can. Yeah, That's remember, what we're about here at Sun Ranto. Yeah, and remember, uh, keep going out, donating to Lost Boys, Inc., uh, buying the John Baker Day swag that we've got everywhere. Uh, we have it on the sunranto.com. You can get some swag there. Uh, you can get the anti-racist shirt with the awesome uh, John Baker logo on the sleeve, the John Baker mask from Obvious Shirts. That's where you can find those. Uh, and then um, also, hey, Cubs are going to KC. Support the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum if you want to do that. Uh, you know, maybe Theo will rent that place out for the Cubs to go in and uh, listen to Bob Kendrick tell him some, you know, bedtime stories and put him to sleep. Oh, what if they could have a, like a sleepover? Remember you did that when you were a kid? You have a sleepover at the museum? Fucking Cubs sleepover at Negro League Baseball Museum? It'd be awesome. Uh, that would be spooky. There's a lot of ki- old kind of bronze statues in there that, you know, maybe possibly come to life. At, uh, <laughs> it could be. Oh, there you go. Night at the Museum, that kind of crappy movie. How much better would it be if Night at the Museum was Negro League baseball stars, like a cross between Field of Dreams and Night at the Museum? I think we just uh, got our million-dollar idea. I think we quit the show we start writing the screenplay immediately, and uh, we'll, we'll get Bob Kendrick. We'll get all the great Satchel Page stories in there. We'll get you know Josh Gibson hitting home runs in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's got to happen. So, uh, all right, let's let's get out of here and let's keep let's keep winning. How about we sweep the Royals now, and that'd be seven straight. I'm I'm all into it. Remember, Wait, is it a double sweep if we do all four in a row, or is that still just one sweep? It's, it's so weird, right? It's clown ball. Yeah. Does clown ball. So uh, I'm going to play you out with with a little, uh, I don't know, should, should I do a little uh, ballad of John Baker because it's new, or should I do a little My, Rob Manfred hates baseball because he does? <laughs> go with uh, John Baker to keep the keep it all rolling still. All right, let's keep let's keep John Baker Day rolling. Uh, Spagog. Spagog. Spagog.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.